this morning. Let's go to James, if you would. James and your Bibles. And before we go uh, there, I do want to remind you this year to seek to thrive, to seek to have the Lord's grace and strength in our life. I remind you the passage in John 7, verse 38, where Jesus says, Who shall believe on me out of his valley shall flow rivers of living water. The Lord wants us to have rivers of living water flowing through our life. And as we join together this morning, uh, James chapter 1, I would invite you to just take a moment, pause with me. Uh, normally, I'm going to need in prayer before we go into the Word, but I want to ask you to each personally, just quietly, in your place, take a moment. Here's some things we can ask God for this morning. As we go to prayer, uh, asking God, Lord, would you work in our church? It says in too small to I'm sorry if it's too small to read, but asking God to bring a revival, refreshment, and new birth. Uh, asking God to cleanse us, asking God to give us a fresh awareness of his presence. And I encourage you right now, would you bow your head and just quietly in your seat, would you, with me, quietly pray to the God who hears and answers the name of Jesus, and would you ask him to help you to revive your heart, to encourage your heart. My friend, we can't pray for us to be saved until first we ask God to renew us, to revive us. Something comes up in your life that challenges your faith. 
He says, let him ask out in faith, nothing wavering. He says, don't be like the waves of the sea that come and go. He says, let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Have you ever wondered why God doesn't hear some prayers that we pray? Could it be that we pray kind of like this? Dear Lord, you know, my Aunt Mabel really needs to be saved. But Lord, I'm not sure if it's your will for her to be saved or not. So Lord, if it be your will, would you please save her? But if it not be your will, Lord, please don't save her. Amen. Then she doesn't get saved, and we say, God, I guess it must have been God's will for her not to get saved. Well, the Bible clearly says it is God's will that not any should perish, but that all should come to the uh, knowledge of the truth. And so often we pray our prayers uh, with so much unbelief, a double-minded, he says in verse 8, man is unstable in all his ways. And women, uh, men aren't the only ones tempted with that. Double-mindedness. Uh, two things. Bible goes on and tells us in verse, chapter 2, verse 1, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. He goes on speaking of his faith. He says, For if there come into your assembly a man with a gold ring, goodly apparel, come in also a poor man in vile raiment. Give respect to him that weareth the gate clothing, saying, hey, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand out here or there, and sit under my footstool. Are you not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? She so despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? He says you have despised the poor. It's very easy in the house of God to judge people based upon things that are external. God says don't do that. He says, by the way, the world, God has chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith. Rich in faith. I thank God for the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. Biblical faith that moves us to action. There's a young man who just started a mechanic shop about six months ago. And uh, he was the first guy I called. And he said, I'll come right out and I'll, I'll come out and look at your vehicle and figure out what's going on. And uh, he came out about an hour later, sitting out in the hot lady so He came out and he's like, this is what your problem is. Follow me. Follow him. It sounds like a good slow. We get to his little shop and I find out he doesn't have a shop was so filthy that I felt embarrassed to have my children in my family able to listen to that place. It was disgusting. Still, still, here we are in one shop. Call somebody else. He says, I can't. This one guy says, you know, I don't even know how to fix it. You look it on YouTube and try to figure out it. Like, Lord, what the world are we going to do, right? And this guy, call a couple of other mechanics. It'll be a week before we can get to it. It'll be a week before we can get to it. My friend, uh, little did I know God had somebody right down the street and he took the sub guy who said, I'll get in maybe tomorrow. And then he died right in that night. And little did I know God put that all together. I went back to the young man, the first mechanic, because he had friends in me and he called me and so I went to the dog somewhere and I took him around. And that was the only vehicle I could find for him that town. 
said, uh, by the way, if he gave me a ride back to the shop, and he says, uh, I'm talking a little bit about things of God, I gave him a tract. He said, this probably would surprise you, he said, but I know it's so believe. I just haven't been in church in a very long time. You know, my friend, I don't know where his faith is, but I do know this. He was definitely searching for something this week. And I don't know why God put us there, but maybe it was because he needed somebody to challenge him to go to church. Go to the house of faith. My friend, biblical faith will move us to action. We cannot assess it simply based upon the way things look. Because look, uh, seeing the things that were around that place, I would have never assumed. And my friend, look, God sees the heart, and God knows the heart. And we ought to be very careful in that matter. Biblical faith moves us to action. We live in a world with uh, commercial Jesus. We have entertainment, but we have no fire. We have faith, but it's very weak. We have prayer without power. We have complaining, but very little concentrated praise. By the way, concentrated praise is when you think about it, but when you come in praise. We have programs without a new nature. We have accusations with no evidence. We hear the word of God, but very little changes. There comes a time where God says to us, Hey, my brethren, verse 14 of chapter 2, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he have faith and have not works, can faith save him. The time is coming to stand for the faith, to stand for the truth. By the way, if you're a Christian, you need to learn to stand with the house of faith. The time is coming to stand with the truth. What shall it profit, my brethren, though a man say he have faith, have not works, can faith save him? My friend, we can say we have faith in God, but God says it does no good if that faith is not moved out on a daily level. Faith moves us to action. If it doesn't move us to action, it's not very strong. Faith will get us up to go forward. It moves us from faith to action. Uh, see, simply trusting and saying, you know what, I believe that God will do this is very different than stepping out in faith and moving forward. Even so, verse 17, Bible says, James 2.17, even so faith, if it have not works, is, what does the Bible say? Being alone. Is your life as a Christian a lonely life? Could it be that your faith is dead? And that instead of doing good works for the house of faith, doing good works for those around you, you're more focused on just that you have this rigid faith, but there's no work. There's no works. Look back in verse 15. The Bible says, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Look, there are folks who come and have needs, and needs for food. And one of the blessings of being able to serve in the community and trying to help when you hand out a box of food in the food pantry and you say, you know what, here, we love you and we care about you, it's amazing. The third second occurred, maybe you hand it to the same person and get to strike up a conversation with them. And one such young man invited his family to vacation Bible school 
And the next week when I came back, he said, so I remember you talking to me last week. You started talking about the things of God. He had a lot of questions, my friend. But you know what? If you don't do a little bit of action towards them, you're not going to have much of a conversation with them. And often we expect uh, that we can just somehow magically see people come to the faith without actually doing any good works, without actually laboring any among them, without going and ministering to the poor. How is it that someone, when they first get saved, they long to serve Jesus? They want to learn to be an effective witness. And then the cares of this life remove the good works from the life of that Christian. And now it's just a mental assessment. It's, a, oh, I know I should be a witness. I know I should do this. I know I should pray for that. But my friend, it's just a mental assessment. It's not moving us to action. We are mentally Christians, but in actions, the lost show more good works than the house of faith sometimes. Sometimes the lost have more compassion than the Christians. Romans chapter 2 tells us, look at Romans chapter 2, verse 13. Romans 2, 13. By the way, you say that, that sounds a little harsh. Paul kind of had a way of speaking very clearly. In Romans chapter 2, look at what he said about this very same subject. It didn't start today, my friend. This problem has existed from the dawn of time. The Bible says in Romans chapter 2, verse 13, For the hearers of the law are just before God, or, sorry, for not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law. These having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, the conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts in the meanwhile excusing or, else excuse, excusing or else excusing one another. He says the hearers aren't justified for hearing. He says we are justified by the way that we by the way that we live. The doers of the law shall be justified. Faith moves us from belief to action. My friend, often in our life we struggle moving forward. We struggle progressing because we have the belief, my friend, but we do not allow that belief, that faith to move us to action. It's good to have faith in God, but if your faith in God doesn't cause you to follow God, it's not much faith. The following letter was found in a tin can wired to the handle of an old pump out in the desert in Arizona, or Nevada. The pump, it said as follows, this pump is all right as of June 1932. I put a new uh, washer into it, and it ought to last about five years. But the washer dries out, and the pump has to be primed. Under the white rock, I bury the water bottle. Out of the sun, with the cork end up, there's enough water in it to prime the pump. But don't drink any of the water first. Pour about a fourth in, let her soak and wet the leather. Then pour the rest in medium fast and pump like crazy and you'll get water. The well has never run dry. Have faith. When you get watered up, fill the bottle and put it back where you found it for the next fellow. Signed, Desert P. P.S. Don't go drinking the water first. Prime the pump with it and you'll get all you can hold. My friend, don't you remember that widow lady in the Bible? How Elijah the prophet came to her and said, By the way, dear woman, I know you're out of everything, but I'm going to ask you for the last two 
got that little bit of flour and that little bit of oil. She baked that up and she baked it for the prophet of God. And don't you remember what God gave her? God gave her a limited supply for the rest of the family. Often our faith is very small and it doesn't really move us to action. Good works start in the house of faith. We need to learn to serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. After a year like this, with all the kingdoms of the world striving to destroy the work of God, and by the way, if you haven't figured out, that's what the goal is. Uh, we're still uh, out of line. Uh, the faith, the people of faith, the true people of faith, have become manifest in this time. People of faith bring their friends to Christ. Just like Andrew, he didn't need a class, he just needed Christ. People of unbelief spend their days murmuring and complaining, like the children of Israel, and wander in the wilderness. We're often unaware the needs around us because we're too focused on our own needs. But Adoniram Judson, as he was sitting there in the jail with over 32 pounds of steel chains around his ankles, with his feet bound to a bamboo pole, a fellow prisoner said, Dr. Judson, what about the prospect of the conversion of the heathen? He said, it's just as bright as the promises of God. And my friend, what has got you down to stop trusting God? Faith moves us to action. Look here, back if you would, in James. And uh, James in chapter 2, the Bible says in verse 18, we'll read in verse 17, let's read it again. Even so faith, if it have not works, is dead being alone. My friend, you can know all of the things in the Bible. You and I can have earned college degrees, but my friend, if the faith doesn't move us to action, if the faith doesn't cause us to work, for the Lord to labor till the night is for the night is coming when no man can work. My friend, it's dead being alone. It says, if a man say, I, yea, a man say, I, though thou hast faith, I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. My friend, God wants us to have faith that is manifest by the works. What stops you to stop doing good works? John 16, verse 2 tells us of a day that's soon. And we see it around us in this nation today in Canada. The Bible says in John 16 verse 2, they shall put you out of the synagogue and the time coming. Whosoever kills you will think he doth God a service. And just a few short a few last weeks up in Canada, following things have happened. 54 churches have been vandalized or burned to the ground in Alberta. 54 in Alberta. One small province. You say, why did they burn these places? In the figure of different backgrounds, different churches, some of them are Catholic churches. It's, by the way, it's not an attack against a specific church, it's an attack against anything that stands, that has a cross on it, and stands for anything that's in Christ. And there's been a great attack against the house of faith, and I think we're often blind to this. By the way, 54 buildings vandalized and burned. You say, oh, that's too bad it happened there, but you think it's not happening here. You're not seeing it happen here. Even the churches with BLM right in the middle of the sign still got burned right now, black and red, okay? It was even said, black lives matter and black lives matter. Okay? I mean, we live in a day, my friend, where they're coming for the house of God. You say, well, should we be afraid? No, we ought to just live like God. We ought to live like God's real. Ten of those incidents happened in one day. And friend, too many Christians are married to the church building, not to the souls for whom 
One day, very soon, every preacher with the gospel, of the gospel will be asked to take a stand for Christ. Does your life show that you'll stand with the house of faith? Has it moved you to action? Faith without works is dead being alone. You say the buildings burn. Yes, the buildings destroy. That's not the big problem, my friend. It's the society that has fallen from, from the word of God. Would you say, well, is it just a problem with society? I mean, it's a horrible thing. You look at the infrastructure bill coming down. This infrastructure bill, when they pass it, it's going to push things upon the church. They, they slipped it right in. They couldn't pass it through another way. Now they're slipping it through this bill to try to put persecution upon the church. You say, it's infrastructure. It's not about infrastructure. It's about destroying the infrastructure, my friend. It's about destroying the church. And they targeted it to make the bill so thick that they can understand it. It's a sick time we live in. It's a wicked time. Standing against the house of faith, saying, What should we do? We should let our faith move us to action. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Faith not only moves us to action, but faith also moves us to perfection. Look in verse 22. Was not, or sorry, verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by his works when he had offered up Isaac his son upon the altar? Seeing, seest thou how faith brought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. I like to focus on that phrase, by works was his faith made perfect. You can't get to heaven by doing good works, my friend, but you can't follow Christ without doing good works, okay? Often we live a life that, that we say, you know, initially we follow Christ by faith, and then we stop doing good works. What caused you to stop doing good works? Stop becoming perfect. You say, well, what, what if God calls me to go serve him? What if God calls me to lead? What if God calls me to do this? Often, my friend, um, we tell God all the things we're not going to do. A lot of you would not feel comfortable moving to California to serve and minister and help the church there. You wouldn't feel comfortable moving to, to Georgia to, to serve and minister there. But look, God calls people to come sometimes to minister in places where they may not even be comfortable in that area, and God helps them become comfortable. God helps them work through their comfort zone. And my friend, often we're not willing to step out of our own comfort zone to go uh, knock on the door five to five houses down for us and let our neighbor know about Jesus. Our faith is so weak, it can't motivate us to tell our neighbor about Christ. But we're, we're, we're like, well, other people, God move them. God, God lead them. God says, I'm looking for you to allow your faith to be perfected. Be perfected. It says, verse 23, the scripture was fulfilled, which said Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Abraham, you say, did Abraham get righteous because he did good works? Yes, I know. My friend, Abraham was made righteous because of the faith of Christ. But because of the faith of Christ, Abraham lived a life of good works. And my friend, the two go hand in hand. We can't say we follow Christ and then not have a life that backs it up. A life of good works. If you read about the lady who died in the Bible, she was known for what? For sowing. She was known for her good deeds. When she died, people came and brought all of the things that she had done. My friend, when it's your last day, what are people going to bring that you have done for Christ? What are the good deeds that you have done for Christ? that others will have been drawn to the faith because of your good deeds. And they'll say, you know what, sister, brother, so-and-so, because of their good deeds, I saw Jesus. Or is it just good? 
I hope they come. I hope God saves somebody. My friend, our faith is often very weak. His faith, by his works, his faith was made perfect. Often our faith doesn't show any works. It's not being worked out. It hasn't moved us out of our comfort zone. We need to hear the word of God preached. But if the word of God is preached, but it's not mixed with faith in our heart, we receive it and we're questioning everything we hear. Instead of trusting the word of faith that we read, there will be no fruit in our life. Faith moves us to perfection and faith leads us to the unknown. It's so exciting to see God take a little bit of preaching, mix it with a lot of faith, and completely turn life upside down. It's so exciting. My friend, often... Uh, we don't let the Lord, Lord put the faith in, and so there's no perfection. God wants to bring about perfection in our life. Look, if you would, in Hebrews in chapter, Hebrews in chapter 4. Hebrews in chapter 4. Bible tells us, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. You say, who was the them? It's the people in Israel. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Do you recall the beginning of James? He said, what profit is it, my brethren, to have faith without works? In the same way in this passage, he's saying there is no profit. There is no benefit. There's no gain from hearing the word of God, but not trusting the God that gave it to us. He says, we that have believed to enter into his rest. He has said, I swore to my rest. If they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Look at verse 9. The Bible says, there remains therefore a rest to the people of God. A rest, you say, a rest in what? Faith, trusting in God. And that, that helps us to live a life perfected in the fear of God. Oftentimes, my friend, we don't allow God to move us to perfection. We say, oh, I believe, Lord, I believe that you died for me. I believe that the church is the plan of God. I believe I ought to read my Bible. I believe I ought to pray. I believe I ought to witness. And then we don't move to action. We don't let that faith be perfected in our life. We don't let it move us forward. We sit in the same place and we wonder, why is God blessing them and not blessing me? And God says, would you let your faith be put to action? Faith without works is dead. And my friend, if you, you take the church house and you fill the people of God and the people of God have faith in God and they start moving to action, it's amazing what God will do in the house. And my friend, this, the opposite is exactly true. Whatever we bring and put in the bowl. Remember when I had a little bowl down here and I gave you some candy? I said, you can have the candy. And I told you to put it back in the bowl. I said, you know what? Every time you come to the house of God, you bring something and you contribute. You either bring God with you, my friend, or you come here hoping somebody else brought God so you can take God home with you. We ought to bring God with us every time we come to the house of God. If we're the people of faith. James chapter 1 says in verse 20, 21, Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. He says, receive it how? With meekness. You know, the world's like Pharaoh. He feared the plagues, but did not fear the God of something. Often, my friend, we're afraid of something. 
We're not afraid of the God who sent them. You wonder why in our nation out west right now, what is there going on? There's a drought. You wonder why here we got crazy rain. You read in the minor prophets that I've been reading this last week. God said, I caused it to rain in one place and I sent a drought in the other place so that you would repent. And he said, you did. God is sending these crazy weather things. And by the way, isn't it interesting they're going to blame that on global warming? I'd like you to explain to me how global warming can cause a drought at the same time cause rain and we're going to call it global warming. Okay? It ought to cause the same effect everywhere, all right? Um, and then people, I tell you, believe every bit of nonsense that comes down the line. These people hate God and they want to destroy your faith. Faith and works should travel side by side, step answering to step, just like the legs of man walking. First faith, then works, then faith again, then works. Until they can scarcely distinguish which one is the other. That's what William Booth, the founder, said in his, in his book, The Founder's Messages to Soldiers. Faith. You say, should I have more faith or works? Just take a step and keep moving forward. You trust God, but my friend, if you're trusting God, it's going to move you to action. If you're trusting God, you won't have to be paid to do something for the house of God. My friend, you just want to do it. Biblical faith will move us to do good works. It will lead us to take steps of faith, perfecting us unto all godliness. I ask you a question. What stopped you from taking the last step of faith? Faith without works is dead. You say, I remember when God, my friend, that's the time, when God challenged your heart, to do something for the kingdom of God, and you said, Lord, I'm not sure because I'm not going to do it because of that person or that situation. And my friend, we cannot allow that to stop us from doing what God's asked us to do. It does not have, it doesn't cause us no good to have faith. That faith doesn't move us out of our comfort zone. You look throughout the book of Hebrews, and every person who lived by faith, faith moved them out of their comfort zone, my friend. It's amazing God moves you out of your comfort zone because then God gives you joy. Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a very awkward thing, if you've never done it before, uh, to go door to door and lead people to Christ. And my friend, it's amazing how we expect to have results not trying very much. You do it a few times and you get a little discouraged. By the way, if you go with a bad attitude, you're going to have a hard time getting through. You go, if you go expecting nothing, you're going to get my friend, you've got to go in a part of faith saying, I believe that God is going to work today. I believe that God is going to use me today. On Monday, my dog decided she wanted to jump out of the window and cut herself off. Took her to bed when that moment. And there was a young man right there who he recognized my vehicle. He said, I didn't. He said, you, you come to church? And he started talking about things of faith. Invited him to church. A few hours later, it an hour by the way, to an vet, so he wasn't working. And uh, sitting there at the vet, and I was like, you know, let's go to sit here and wait. And I waited for an hour to pick up my dog yesterday. And as I was sitting there, this young man pulls in. I had a conversation with a lady there. She wanted to talk about some things and about faith. And then this young man pulls in. He's 18 years old. He gave a tract. We're talking about things. And you know what? His heart is open right up. You say, why did God allow that situation to happen to me? Maybe, maybe it's God more than you to get by the church. I don't know. Okay? And sometimes it's a little bit, uh, we don't understand why. We don't 
in our lives, but um, don't let an action, in a situation, God put you somewhere, God might be wanting to use you, God might be wanting to allow you to be a witness, and my friend, uh, a lot of people sometimes don't want to witness, but my friend, that young man, uh, you know what, just, he didn't, he didn't look like he was going to be very excited, but the moment I started talking to him, all of a sudden, he just wanted to talk about the things of faith, he wanted to talk about the things of God. Look, don't give up on somebody all because of their facial expression, all right? Um, God has a way of working, and if we believe God, it will cause us to step out in faith. Faith won't allow us to soak and sour. It will empower us to try again. Often we give up, and we do what was easy for us to do. We do what we're good at. We do what we think comes natural and easy for us. But my friend, that's not faith. That's not faith. Faith moves us beyond. It leads us out of our comfort zone. It leads us to do things that are not natural and easy for us. I have enjoyed over the years teaching children's classes. And by the way, I enjoy teaching children's classes in many ways more than I do preaching to adults. You know why? Because children repent and change quickly. Okay? But as adults, we stubborn. Okay? And uh, we're stiff-necked sometimes. And we resist the will of God. And we resist the word of God. Children, men... They want to hear. They want to obey. And you say, that's not, that's not true about my kids. You'll say, you don't feel that's true about your kids. My friend, children are way more teachable than we are as adults, okay? Amen. Uh, and they're way more teachable. And my friend, God might be calling you to step out of your comfort zone. You're saying, does that mean you call because it's easier for you? You should have spent a children's pastor all your life. My friend, he's going to do the things easiest for you. You might as well just give uh, over and die, okay? God has something He wants you to do. God wants you to step out of your comfort zone. God wants you to move forward, my friend. He wants you to do something that's difficult for you. He wants you to do something that you might, uh, you might not enjoy the most at the first, but you'll learn to enjoy it if it's the will of God. I challenge you to step out in faith. Believe God and let that faith move you to perfection. As Charles Spurgeon said, he said, the church is not perfect. But woe to the man who finds pleasure in pointing out her imperfections. Woe to the man or woman who finds pleasure in pointing out her imperfections. Christ loved his church and let us do the same. Charles Spurgeon. My friend, church isn't perfect. We can find imperfections. And if you'll be honest, you can find a few imperfections with your own personality too, okay? Um, let's just be honest with ourselves. None of us are perfect. But we ought to strive to be perfect like Jesus is. And my friend, Christ loves his church and let us do the same. Let us ask God to help us to step forward in faith. Faith, is faith perfected in his life? His faith, by his faith he was made perfect. It says, faith by works. My friend, if your faith was in bringing up good works, you'd ask God, Lord, help me. Lord, I trust you, Lord, I believe you. But Lord, you know what the truth is? I kind of stopped acting on that faith. Lord, forgive me. I want to step out in faith. And that faith will teach you to love things you didn't love. It will teach you to love serving God in ways you didn't love serving God. And my friend, it will help you to laugh and continue to serve until Jesus comes back. Let's stand together for prayer. I believe God wants us to thrive this year. I believe God wants us to grow. Please. I believe He wants to bless you in the Bible study this week, Wednesday at 4 p.m. I believe God wants to bless our studies tonight. Afternoon. Why don't you just come forward as God might lead to you and just take a moment to pray and ask God to help that we might walk worthy of the Lord, that we might live a life of faith.
Let's take a moment to hear him to play in a moment. Let's ask the Lord to help us to live by faith. That faith would move us to good works. Say, Lord, I don't know what good works I need to do this week, but Lord, show me. Lord, show me. My friend, if each of us would ask God, Lord, what would you have me to do? God might put on your heart somebody in this community that you could serve. You could demonstrate good works, not for the wrong reason, not to get attention, but because Jesus loved you. Let's ask God to help us step out and speak. God speak in your heart if you just come forward in the business of the Lord. Friend, 